Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. 2 Kings chapter 4. And I want to read from verse 8, just a couple of verses. Second uh, Kings chapter 4 verse number 8. And it fell on a day that Elijah passed to Shuman, where there was a wealthy woman. Uh, it says in the King, New King James, a notable woman. I'm reading here from the original King James. It says here was a wealthy woman. Say wealthy woman. Charlotte, say wealthy woman. If you are sitting next to a lady, tell her that's you. All right. Let me read. Verse number eight. You King James, I'm going to read with you guys. And she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. (laughs) Often. (laughs) Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed then a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. And so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened on one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi's servant, call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to, and he said to him, Say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all the scare. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell amongst my own people. So he said, what then is this to be done for her? And guys, I answered, actually she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Now, I've preached from this once before on the subject, it is well. That was my message on that. Tonight I'm going into a total different direction. And um, I want to title this message tonight, Make Room. Make Room. Say this with me, make room. Say it loud, say make room. One more time, say make room. God is ready, I believe, to do great, mega, supernatural things in your life, but you're going to have to make room for the miraculous to come. So I'm going to make room for the miraculous. That's four people, okay? I've got hundreds of people here. Say, I'm going to make room for the miraculous, for the supernatural. Tell the person next you make room. Make room for the miraculous. Now this woman here, 
although we read about the Shunammite woman, the, the chapter starts off with another woman. It was a widow woman, and she, was, she preceded this rich woman, literally. And she was dying of famine. And the Bible gives us a clear example how she was trusting God for a miracle in the famine. And then the man of God came there. And when he came there, uh, he knocked on the door and he says, what's up with you? She says, I'm going to die. I'm about to make a cake for myself. And uh, there's a little bit of flour and oil. I'm going to make a cake. Then I'm going to feed my, my son and myself. And then we're going to die. And he said to her, well, make, make me that cake first. That's a bit of an arrogant statement. But anyway, he did it. She did it in obedience because he perceived he's a man of God. And so she made him that cake. And because of that, she was saved from famine. Let me tell you something here tonight. One thing I'm sure of in my, for my, in my life is this. One visit of a man of God can change your life. Whether you believe it or not, I'm telling you tonight, one visit of a man of God can change your life forever. One encounter with a man of God in my life changed my life forever. Changed my family, changed my finances, changed my, my ministry, changed everything. One encounter with a man of God. And the instruction wasn't even what she thought he's going to tell her. She probably thought he's going to pray for her. And he's going to release the glory of God upon her. And he probably, she probably thought he's going to say, lift your hands. I'm going to release the glory of God upon you. And he says, no, bring that cake that you've made for your son and for yourself. Bring it to me. And I can just imagine the picture. He's sitting on, uh, uh, around the table eating the cake in front of them. And they dying. That's a bad picture right there. But in obedience, this man of God was sent by God to change her life. That cake wasn't for him. It was for her. What would have happened if she kept the seed? Hmm? What would have happened if she says, no, I'm not, I, don't trust, I don't trust pastors. I, I don't trust churches. I don't trust men of God. You just want cake and money. That's all you want. So I'm not going to give anything to you. But she perceived in her heart. She, she trusted the Lord for a supernatural release of the presence of God upon her crisis. You must believe a man of God. Say, so I believe my man of God. Whoever that is, but I know most of you are from this church. Say, so I trust my man of God. Great glory comes from small things. A little bit of flour, a little bit of oil, great glory came. Two fish and five loaves. That's all. That's all it took. Small things can create great glories. A 50 rand seed in my life changed my whole life. A 50 rand seed. A 200 rand seed Many years ago, changed your life. Small seed. The problem with us is we're waiting for the big things to give big to God. God is saying, no, no, no. What's in your house? What's in your hand? 
What does that little boy have? Because you're sitting here saying, I can't do anything for God because, you know, I don't have anything. No, God says, what you have now is exactly what I need for a breakthrough in your life. You see, God doesn't need the breakthrough. You need the breakthrough. And so God uses ordinary things. Things we walk over. Things we overlook. Things we think is common. God uses to bring a supernatural provision or blessing for your life. Your next blessing is coming from something you have right now. That's what you must understand. The prophet didn't bring the blessing. Get this. He didn't knock on the door with flour and oil. He didn't bring the blessing. All he did, he was highlighting what's in her life. What do you have? Uh, a little bit of flour and oil. All right, that's it. He didn't pray for her. He didn't bring the blessing. He didn't do nothing. He's got nothing to do with the blessing. Except to highlight what she has. And I'm here tonight as your prophet to tell you, Shh, I'm highlighting that you have something in your life. You have a prayer to pray. You have a song to sing. You have a smile to give. You have a hug to give. You have an anointing to share. You have a message to preach. Something in your life, you have a seed to sow that can propel you into the supernatural. Say, so I have something in my life. And we see here that he broke the curse. He broke the curse of poverty in that woman's life. And he walked away from that, from that um, story. And he goes to the next woman and that is a Shunammite woman. A Shunammite woman which is a rich woman. The Bible says she was a wealthy woman. So... God speaks the language of all people. He just spoke to a poor woman. He just helped a poor woman. Now he goes into the rich woman's life. God speaks the language of everyone. In Exodus, he spoke the language of flies. And he said to the flies, go and irritate Pharaoh. Get up in their noses. Get up in their ears. Everywhere, just irritate them. Flies. He speaks the language of flies. Then he speaks the language of frogs. Spoke to all the frogs. Can you please start moving in the direction of Egypt and irritate all those Egyptians? If God can speak through donkeys, he can speak through you tonight. And you may sit here and say, but God doesn't know me. God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows your circumstances better than you know yourself. There is a God that knows all things in your life. Just came from this poor widow. She's about to die and he came into her life and he speaks the language of the poor. And he's, now he's about to speak the language of a wealthy woman. I thank God that God doesn't, or that God is not a respecter of person. He doesn't speak to, to the rich and the, and the, and the poor and, and separates them and say, no, I'm not, I'm not interested in poor people or I'm not interested in rich people. I'm not interested in white people. I'm not interested in black people. I'm not interested. God speaks Zulu. He speaks Kosa. He speaks Afrikaans. He speaks India. He speaks Chinese. He speaks all the languages of the world. He even speaks mechanic like a mechanic. 
God speaks like anybody. He speaks to mechanics. They come and tell me, hey, God spoke to me while I was working on the car. And I saw the biggest revelation while I changed the battery. And they give me messages of a battery. Amen. God can speak sales, sales language. He does everything. And so you must understand that God wants to speak to you tonight in a very supernatural way. And, and this is what God did in this, in this portion of Scripture. He says, it is me that gives you the power to get wealth. If God has brought you up into blessings, hear me tonight. Nobody can bring you down. Uh, the witches curse me. No. The devil is in my home. He's going to. No, 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 no. What God placed. Hey. What God placed. Nobody. Nobody. No hell. No demon. No witch. No curse. No slaughtered animal. Nothing can bring down what God blessed. Shout, I am blessed. Say, I am blessed. Above measure. Because God blessed me, nobody can curse me. Hallelujah. Do you believe it tonight? Therefore, I'm not afraid of any demon or any or any Satanist, or any witch doctor, or anything, I'll walk where they are, because let me tell you something, greater is He that is in me, than he that's in this world, and if God has anointed me, nobody can take the anointing away, if God blessed me, nobody can take the blessing away, if God healed me, nobody's going to take my healing away, come on, shall I bless, hallelujah, Yeah, but Pastor, you don't understand our economy in South Africa. No one. God can take you from a shack into the palace because what He blessed prospers. And the Bible says it's an ever-increasing kingdom. You're going to be better next year than what you are right now. 2020 is going to be a supernatural year of the glory of God. Shout amen if you believe it. Hallelujah. Now what what about the Shunammite woman? There's a couple of things you must know about this woman. Firstly, in the history that we are reading 2 Kings, is that a, a, a woman is not recognized. Some cultures today as well, women are not recognized. You're just there. They're only used for certain things. But they are not recognized. Here in 2 Kings chapter 4, the Bible says very clearly, she is a wealthy woman. How is that possible? Because she must be ignored by the law. She's not supposed to do anything. She's just the woman. She's not even allowed to make money. You must make food, cover yourself, that's all you do. She must understand the society this chapter is written in. That is already supernatural what's happening to this woman. 
And so we see here that this woman should have been disassociated. She should have been in a place of disadvantage, ignored, put aside, overlooked. But the Bible says she was great. And I want to tell this to everybody here tonight. You may feel overlooked. You may feel disassociated, disadvantaged, ignored. But God has the ability to make you great. Shout, I'm going to be great. You could have been born in poverty. Could have been born in the wrong side of the tracks. You might have been born in the wrong society. But when God gets ready to bless a person, it doesn't matter if society says, you're only supposed to be there, keep silence, don't say nothing. When the blessing of the Lord comes upon you, something happens that is not associated with my society, with my community, with my family, with my friends. I rise above that. The blessing of the Lord, that makes me reach shall I am great she's an influential woman she's a powerful woman all we know is we don't know her name we don't know what's her name all we know is the Bible says she's a wealthy woman we don't even know anything about her husband the only thing the Bible says about her husband he's an old man He's not even rich. He doesn't even have the money. She's the one carrying the wallet. She's the one. I'm speaking to some woman here tonight. I just want to... Now, woman, if you don't want it, I'm going to pass it to the men. But I have come here to the woman tonight to tell you that God says He's going to make you great. He's going to make you wealthy. You're going to be influential. Come on, this coming in the end time, a move of the woman. Shout amen, woman. All the men shout, I'm going to be great. Woman, tell your man next to you, tell him you can be glad you're married to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'll shake the nation with woman. I'm telling you. Woman know how to pray. Women know how to give. Women know how to, pro- to proceed in the power of God. Women, I'm telling you, you're going to arise. You're going to become great, wealthy, powerful woman in this end time move of God. Hallelujah. Shut up, great. Mm. Let's speak a bit about greatness. You don't have to be connected to anyone to be great. As long as you have God on your side, you are connected right there. Great, listen, you can be... Stop having the celebrity mentality that I must have. I must have that person to be great. I must have that connection to be great. I must know that person to be great. No, you know El Shaddai. You know Jehovah Jireh. You know the God that is above all. If you connected to Him, you are great. Yes. Great with me or without me, I'm going to be great. Hey. 
I am great even if you are against me. I am great even if you gossip about me. I am great even if you accuse me. I am great even if you leave me. I am great even if you despise me. I am great because he makes me great. Put your hands together and shout a big amen. Shout I am great with God. I don't know her name, but all I know is she's great. (laughs) Greatness. Joseph was great. He was great in the pit. His circumstances didn't determine or define his greatness. He was thrown in the pit and he was still great. He was then thrown in the prison, still great. They made him the greatest person there. Being rejected by brothers, being rejected by people, I'm still great. Because greatness, here it is, is not an outside thing. Greatness is an inside job. Whether I have money or not, I am great. Whether you like me or not, I'm great. Whether we're going to do it, I'm great. Whether you stand with me or not, I'm great. Somebody shout, I have greatness on the inside. When I had no money, I was great. I would walk around upright with an attitude. Ten rand in the account. Nothing in the account. But nobody ever knew. That man didn't have money. That man haven't, haven't eaten for three days. That man doesn't have money for petrol. But I walked upright into a building as if I owned that building. Why? Because dignity and integrity and greatness is not locked up in my bank balance. It's locked up on the inside of me. Whether you have the wealth or not, you are great. Whether you are alone or single or married, you are great. Whether you are a widow or a divorcee, you are great. It's, those things doesn't define you. On the inside of you, I am great. Hallelujah. Listen, let me say, you are bigger than your great, than your circumstances. Say, I am bigger than my circumstances. God doesn't invest in those he cannot trust. Can God trust you with greatness? That's my question to you tonight. Can God trust you with greatness? Can he trust you with power? You you find out quickly what type of person... A person is when power comes. I always look how great people, powerful people, handle people who has got no power. Let me explain to you. How you greet the waiter, I make notes of that. How you greet the usher, I make notes of that. How you treat people, and I'm not saying they're not... I'm just talking about that position they fill. The petrol, the guy that's putting petrol in your car. How do you treat him? You know the car guard? Do you know his name? 
No, because it doesn't matter to you, right? But for great people, it matters. What's John's name in Sunwood Park Lifestyle Center in Parking Bay 3? Matters to me. And he comes to our church, Nikki sometimes brings him to church. Because for great, pe- for great people, small things matters a lot. Matters. And you see how people all of a sudden, I see it with my, with my leadership. And praise God, not now we don't have any problems. But I would ordain them as Ephesians or deacons. And the next Sunday it's like, who are you now? Now all of a sudden you've got a title. Now you can't serve in the parking. You can't be an usher. You can't sit in the back. You can't greet people. Now I have to be on the platform now. Watch out for power. I watch how you react to power. <laughs> yeah, is that true? Say, make room for me. I believe this woman gives us a perfect example of how to make room. She comes, she says, I perceive, I sense, this is a holy man of God. Elijah goes, very powerful example of how the story unfolds of the greatness of God. Say this with me, I'm going to make room for my calling. I'm going to make room for my ministry. Uh, Let me tell you, I'm making room for the supernatural. I'm making room for greater miracles, greater things to take place in our lives. Some people are just too arrogant to be blessed. Telling you to. This Shunammite woman, they'll be coming for a close. Look at this. So I'm going to draw a couple of comparisons. The chapter starts with the widow woman, the poor woman. She needed food. The wealthy woman comes, she says, I don't need food, but I'm going to give food. Same famine, but I'm going to give. Here is the difference. She is a gracious woman. Do you want to be wealthy? Operate in grace. When last did you buy somebody a plate of food? When last did you just be, when last was the, or when was the last time you were just gracious? Just gracious. Is that so difficult? But she explains to us here that I am not in need wanting. I am full of grace, therefore I give. Gracious people are the most generous people. And here she's looking for a moment to give back to God. And she ties a blessing back, back to the blesser. She feeds him. And the other woman needed to be fed. And she comes here and this is where I'm going to take you for the next five to ten minutes. People that saints God are ready for the next level. And that may not be everyone here. I hope it's everybody. 
But there is a sense in your heart that sure, there must be more. I don't know about you, but she says this. She says, I sense this is a man of God. I perceive in me there's something about him. And because of that, I am going to make room for him. Hallelujah. And so she started reacting. She says, there must be more than what I can do for this man than just what I did in my previous uh, time period with him. So she says, I sense he's a holy man of God. I sense it's the move of God. And because I sense, I'm going to make room. So I want to tell people here tonight who sense there must be more. You need to make room. Expand. Capacity. Enlarge your capacity. Things must happen. I sensed in 2004, in the month of June, May, June, I sensed while preaching for 30 people in a crash. For Santi and David and Willem and Mavis and Errol and all those people, Posse, Andre, while I looked at them, Sitting on small chairs. I sensed. There must be more. I sense that we're not going to stay in that building. I sense that I am not going to be happy with 30 people on crash chairs. With a black and white television set and one microphone. But I didn't know how to put it together. All I knew is I sensed. There must be more. There must be more. And I started making room in prayer. Started making room in giving. Started making room in my mind. Started expanding my capacity. And very soon we walked out of that scratch into a little Baptist church. While I preached there for 50 people, I sensed there must be more. There must be more. We knocked out walls and we increased to 130 people. While I preached for 130 people, I sensed there must be more. We started building this building. Only 400 people could sit in here. I sensed there must be more. We made room to put up a gallery. Come on. We are getting ready for another building. I sensed there must be more. Every time I gave, I said, I'm not happy with this. I sense I can give more. How many of you have a sense in you? Come on, I'm, I'm preaching just to those people who says, I sense I'm not going to be working for Rotec the rest of my life. I sense there's a business in me. And David stepped out and became a business owner. There are people here tonight that says, I sense I'm not going to work forever for a boss. There is more in me. There is more capacity in me. I'm going to reach the higher levels of God. Come on, how many of you are like that tonight? Let me see your hands. Shout, make room for me. Woo. Keep this playing, son. How many of you feel there is room for more? When I preached in Grahamstown, my first crusade, and 16 people rocked up in a thousand seat auditorium, I preached to them like I preached to you tonight. No difference. No difference. My first invitation ever that I got to go and preach was to a crash in Ruripurt. 
They have a Sunday service in the crash. How crazy is that? Little did I know. We were still dating. Mom and myself, we were not even engaged. We were still just hanging around with each other. And I said, come with me. We're going to. I have to go and preach my first sermon. And when I got there, it's a crash. Children are hanging on outside playing. I'm preaching to the people inside. But I sense I'm not going to preach for these people any very long. Little did I know I'm going to start in a crash. Here we are today. Look where we are. When I preach in Grahamstown to that 16 people in a thousand auditorium, I preach my heart out. And I sense, I'm, I sense there's going to be stadiums and arenas filled with people. Today we're standing in a Arenas across South Africa filling them up. Why? Because there's a sensing. I'm going to make room for more. Hallelujah. And so the Elijah came for dinner, but he left with a house. <laughs> so they were eating. She says, I'm going to make you food when you come. So he comes there, he eats. I love that. Wealthy people, let me give you some principles. You must read that scripture. When I have guests here, it's your responsibility. Wealthy people, to take care of the bills of men of God. We're going to give the food to him. Sorry, I just had to throw that in. While I'm under the anointing, I might as well just say that. And by the way, she, she made sure he had a room. Black on the slot, no? And they, she made sure he had a place. She went so far to say, I'm going to make room for him. I'm actually going to build him a house. So every time Pastor Nikki comes to, to uh, Cape Town, he's got a home. She says, I'm going to make him a room. Every time a man of God comes, I'm a wealthy woman. I'm going to make sure he eats the best. And I'm going to make sure he's got a room, a hotel room. That time they didn't have hotels. It's like now I'm going to make him a room. I'm going to put a bed in there. Oh, no, you know, these men of God, they must look after themselves. Who do you think covers those, those, those hotel rooms where they sleep in a bed? Business people must come to the party. I believe that. Hello. And I thank God all my people are doing that. I just want to give you the revelation of a, a wealthy woman. She took care of the food bill, the house bill, the hotel room, and the transport. She made room for him. In, she, she was thinking, I'm blessing the man of God. I'm just looking after him. Never that she realized that blessing is going to boomerang. And he goes and he says, what, is you, what do you want? No, I'm okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm all well, thank you. Then he said, Gehazi, he's armor bearer. Gehazi, son, come here. He says, um, go and have a look in the house, what she needs. Because the Holy Spirit will not, will not leave a giver. He's going to go. She says, now I've got everything. He comes back, he says, you know what, Gazai, oh, Elijah, I searched the whole house. I searched the property, everything. Something I realized is not, 
There's not the laughter of a child here. It's not a child here. By the way, her husband is very old, so don't even prophesy <laughs> anything. He says, call her. She comes, she stands in the door. He says, you do not have a son. But I tell you now, because you've made all these things available, you've made room for the miraculous. Twelve months from now, you will have a son. She goes, no, my, my, she says, no, my Lord, please don't lie to me. Please, please don't say that. Close the door. Walks off. He goes, he comes back a year later. Now think about this. She makes, she builds him a house, doc, for him to stay in once a year. She says, I'm making the prophet's chambers. Remember Dr. David Remedius, one of my doctor's friends, the third, probably now second or maybe first or second most well-known heart surgeon in the world. When I stay with him in America, along his house, he has built, a, he calls it a prophet's chamber. The best of the best. Right there on the property. Only men of God stays there. No one else. It's only for the men of God. The same what this woman has done. And she thought, I'm doing him a favor. And that blessing turned around. Let me say this. When that blessing turned around. The miracle started getting in motion on her, her husband, and her whole family. I'm, I want to close with this because this is very powerful. Whatever was dead in her life was resurrected at that moment. And I want to say this tonight to you. I came here in a prophetic anointing that every seed and every sacrifice and every prayer you have prayed, given to God, given in offerings, given to men of God, whatever, is about to boomerang to your life. And the miracle is about to take place. I say 12 months from now, the things you have been believing God for shall come pass in your life in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, I want you to access a little bit and appropriate a little bit the power of God. Come on, every prayer you've prayed for 15 years, every seed you have sown, everything you have come, I've come as a prophet like Elijah and say, God is going to make room for you. The supernatural is about to take place in your life in the name of Jesus. Come on, no seed you have sown. No seed you have sown is going to be a, a miscrop, a misfailure. Come on, nothing. Every prayer is going to be answered. Every seed that I've sown will come up in the name of Jesus. I apply the faith for 12 months of uninterrupted favors, uninterrupted miracles, supernatural breakthroughs, now in the name of Jesus. And I give you the praise, God. Give you the worship, God. Come on, if you can believe with me, shout a big amen. Put your hands together and praise the Lord.
Make room, make room, make room. Make room, make room, make room. Make room, make room. Step out in faith, do it. Make room for God. As you remain standing, I'm going to close. Know this, that when you make room, it's always dusty. It's always a mess. It's always dirty. You have to throw a lot of stuff away. There's some people that must leave your life. They're not good for you. Some people that that is holding your blessings back. Make room for new people. Make room, make room for new. Ay, oh, shikara. Make room for new blessings. Make room for new stuff. Yes, it's messy now. It's dirty now. It's terrible now. But once the renovation is done, there is coming a supernatural release of the glory of God upon your life. Shout amen if you believe it. Shout I'm going to make room. You see, God always responds to space. He wants room to move. She needed a miracle that no money could pay for. She needed a child and no money could pay for that. Only God. There's some stuff that you need that money just cannot buy. You can have all the money in the, in, in the bank, all the money, and still be depressed, still be miserable, still be negative, still be whatever on, on suicidal thoughts. Money just can't fix that thing. Some money, stuff money does cannot fix things. Cannot. You need an intervention of God to come into those areas of your life. So Father, I release tonight space. Space in my mind. Space in my heart. To love more people, give more to people. My mind capacity to increase. I make room for you in this church. I make room that people's ministries can expand and their callings can expand and their giftings can expand. I make room for our people to grow, Father. I bring before you every member. I lift every limitation from their lives tonight. We make room for the miraculous. We make room for the supernatural. Can you pray in the Holy Ghost before I close this meeting? Where money cannot go, you go, Holy Ghost. I pray for every impossible situation to turn around tonight. For the glory of God, for the praise of the Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. And we give it all the praise and all the glory. And everybody shout a big amen and say, say this, I make room for the Holy Ghost. Now listen, I want you to, de- to do a declaration with me, but prophetically. 
I want you to find somebody around you and just prophesy to them. This is what you're going to tell them. 12 months from now, now listen, tell them, 12 months from now, you will not recognize yourself. Can you do that? Find two or three people, prophesy to them, declare it over their lives. Come on. Where two or three agrees, it shall be done for them by our Father in heaven. Come on. And if you believe it, you better say, Amen, 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 Amen. My ministry is not going to be the same. Come on. Things are going to change. The glory of God is going to come in this house again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you please take your seats just for one, one or two more minutes. Thank you. Do you receive the word, family? Come on, this was a prophetic declaration just tonight. I, I wasn't supposed to preach. I didn't feel like preaching. Because <laughs> my, my voice is done and my body is very tired. But I thank God I, I, He gave me the grace to do this. Amen. And to give the word to you and deliver the word to you. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, sons. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We persevere. We do this. We do this. Amen. So, thank you. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.